0: Hi, this is Paul from Logical Thinking on bbsradio.com, dot com, also on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, DLive, Rumble, Odyssey, and. uh Every other platform from soup to nuts. Today, I am I am so pleased to have Siobhan Nicolau with me. Uh, Siobhan is a published author, spiritual teacher, coach, medium for spirit, soul reader, and metaphysician that has been cultured for 33 years through extensive personal experience and transformation to become a powerful medium and a leading expert in the field of emotional energy transformation in humans, and in homes. So, ladies and gentlemen, please uh, join me in welcoming Siobhan to the program. Siobhan, how are you today? Welcome to Logical Thinking.
1: (laughs) Great. Thank you so much for having me. I've been really looking forward to this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, as as have I. You... I did come across a copy of your book. You were so kind to send me a copy, uh, a copy of the ebook so I could get a little bit of history and backstory. I got about halfway through it and I'm telling you, I was hooked. I'm not really a big reader, but it's, I run into books every now and then that I just can't put down because the, your style of writing, the way you paint the picture of your life's events actually triggered memories where i had parallel events in my childhood and it brought those to the surface i'm talking about things that i haven't thought about in i don't i don't mean to date myself but over 50 years (laughs) so uh how how did your journey start uh, let, let's get a little bit of history, a little bit of backstory and, uh, talk about your book. What, uh, what is the title of your book?
1: Okay. So the title of the book is the absence of evil, uh, subtitle loves reclamation of the soul. Okay. Um, I love the title. I was so pleased when I received it and because it tends to bring up. So many things, you know, for so many different people. Um, Even the word evil has gotten the attention of some Christian groups toward me, and that's okay. You know, they don't understand, and I would love to be able to talk to them. Um, As far as where my journey began, it just began at the Harmonic Convergence in 1988 when I got my wake-up call. It was pretty much 87, 88, and, you know, everything then changed. And so when I began meditation, then I – experience light for the first time and up until then it had just been the same experience of pretty average well kind of above I've always had a good life whether I've played in the dark or the light but you know just a lot of unconsciousness not even awareness of why we're here and so it's the whole book is about my problem I was going to leave like when you heal things the way I work with My own emotional body and the way I work with people to help heal their own uh, is really profound. And once you transform enough of the energy, the story's like gone. The story doesn't matter because in the truth of it, it's how you felt about what happened, not what happened. It's how you felt about what was said, not actually what was said. And that's a huge distinction when people are seeking to heal their wounds so they take other people off the hook and just deal with how they feel instead of blaming that's kind of a big step for a lot of people but I was going to leave those first couple of chapters blank I was just going to have the uh, titles and leave them blank because it was really irrelevant to me and I thought to myself you know if my siblings ever buy this book and read it or if anybody ever you know picks up and read it it might help them with their healing so by my adding it in there it worked you know, subsequently, my siblings found out that they, they bought the book and read it. And my nieces and nephews were saying, oh my gosh, this was, you know... So it has helped a lot of people by my adding it in there. But um, it certainly, it, you know, it becomes less of a focus, woundedness, when you learn how to transform the emotional energy within the physical body.
0: You and transmute so, it. Yes. So, So what you're dealing with... <clears throat> And the point that you're making is that when something happens in your life and it causes a trauma, it is not the trauma that follows you. It's your emotional connection and reaction to that trauma that keeps replaying over and over and over.
1: And how it does that is through resonance, because everything is energy and energy is everything. And you get the bulk of your emotional baggage between the time you're conceived and you're about eight years old. Mm -hmm. after that the mind of course comes into play and it learns how to identify how it feels and split itself off from the feeling identifies the feeling and focuses upon it which makes it larger which makes it an emotion that's what an emotion is is setting the energy of the feeling in motion and then this story is told out into the world to become part of the problem rather than the solution and People don't realize that because emotional energy never gets the airtime it really requires. There's so many well-meaning people out there. There There's so many people who want peace on Earth, and they're going about it in ways that are not productive. Mm -hmm. They're part of the problem. There's a lot of people who understand the problem. They just don't understand the solution, and the solution is not in the fight. Um, because that just creates resistance and resistance creates pushback. And anytime you have that, you have a problem and all conflict begins and ends within you. I don't care what you're viewing out into the world and making an issue about. It's a war that's going on in you that when you resolve, you don't see it the same way on the other side of your pain. And that this is what I have found in, in myself for sure.
0: Right. So it's the every action will create an equal and opposite reaction and if you simply try to put up a brick wall between you and whatever event occurred and you try and put that behind you you're not actually putting it behind you you have to bring it out and you have to you have to identify it realize it and then transmute it change it and then you can go forward.
1: Right. We we don't even go, you know, we don't even uh, encourage people to go to the mind to think about it or identify because the mind will then analyze. And so this is about mindlessness, not mindfulness. <laughs> we, oh, want okay. you be, <laughs> we want you to be self-aware through how you feel. And we teach people how to manage their energy to stay in the body so they're stable, confident and clear, uh, buffered. Uh, by the presence of their inner being, which is love. And so my second book that I'm writing right now is going into the metaphysics of the different um, energies and why golden light is, uh, you know, an appropriate light for this work uh, because everything here is made of light. So, um, you know, it's like when people look at what if they would only get this piece, I mean, really get it. A lot of people will agree with it, but they don't understand that everything is energy. So how can there be a victim when there's when there's energy at play? How can how can there be a victim if there's energy at play? You need two components to make uh, to dance. You need two things to make something happen. And so one is drawing to it the experience. And so it, because energy is is everything and everything is energy, even children they have no ability to stop something from occurring. It just happens. But it's energy needing energy, and if you if you really want to get into the study of it, you know you look at uh children forming in the womb from the time of conception they're absorbing because emotional energy is part of the physical experience it's what makes up the illusion it's what makes up the dramas it it puts our senses in play and all that kind of thing. so imagine you're just this little egg and this coming together and you start growing, and everything your mother hasn't resolved within her is being you know, imbued into the fetus that is now growing into the vessel. Everything your father and mother thought, whether it was on a, you know, um, a drunken night or was was it made sacred or what was happening at the time of your conception, that, that begins to form within the physical body. So by the time you're born, you've got lots of emotional energy already in you that is replaying itself out in the world because that's what the world does.
0: It's like a cellular memory.
1: Yeah, it's just what it is most cellular
0: me- cellular memory crosses generations.
1: Right. And they say it's genetics, but it's not, it's energy patterns mm-hmm. are repeated energetically and they can have the same physical manifestations within the form because emotional energy, uh, if it goes unchecked, will manifest in deceased within the form. And so we're predisposed to many things, but we're predisposed to the patterns of energy that keep being passed down in generations. I mean, So many people see so many things but they don't get the loop that they keep perpetuating you know just by the way they think about things so
0: well i what i love about the earlier chapters of the book and is you go through methodically and you go through the uh, the life experiences that you had in your early years and You did. There were some things that you realized that you didn't agree with that and they caused you to like close down and and withdraw. So you basically started instead of experiencing life and being enveloped by life, you were kind of looking at life as like a disinterested bystander kind of a thing. You know, like you had the intelligence and the the consciousness to know that, well, that's not me. I'm just going to hide from that. And then you got to the point where you realized that what you were doing was you were hiding from something instead of overcoming it. And it was that growth period that you cover in the first few chapters of your book. What what were a few of the... The litmus tests, as it were, that actually the 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 aha moments, what were those that that got you on your journey and and stepped you through it? Because it took you a while to advance through the stages of freeing yourself in in many different ways. Right.
1: Well, you know, the thing of it is, is I'm extremely sensitive and I don't think about much. My world is based in feeling. I'm aware of things through feeling. And and my intelligence works with it in a way that is pretty, I can't even describe it. So when you're going through life being this natural medium, this extremely sensitive person in a very harsh environment, um, I think I I just let it go. The key to the, to realizing, to making it through the darkness is to not be resistant to it. And so that's why I say the absence of evil. In truth, there is no evil here. It's all light. Everything in creation is made of light. It's how we're taught to perceive it. And so... Uh, when you realize through transforming the emotional energy within yourself that creates division in your mind and heart, then you start to experience the world a little bit differently. In other words, you don't pay attention to what's out there, trying to get your attention to reinforce its own feelings of itself. People don't realize that good and evil are the game here. It's a game. Duality is the game. And we have the power through the love that we are to turn our face to what would present itself as something horrible and be the unwavering presence of love. Your love. I'm love. We're love. Don't give it any energy. And it has no power in your experience. Now there might be people that agree with that, but I've stood toe to toe as you continue to find, as you read through my book with things that um, people can't imagine. And so that's the game is duality and and everything here is light now they're finally proving that in science you know it's a scientific fact and so if we approach everything from a dualistic perspective we stay in the game of darkness now as a kid and never thinking about anything i thank God i never thought i was just going through the motions of having uh myself being shred my emotional body being shredded you know as you read um you, you know i bit my nails down to bleeding until I befriended the Marlboro man. And we were great friends for like another 13 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, thank God for cigarettes. Right. Thank God for alcohol. Thank God for whatever, you know, it, it never made a mess of my life because I didn't like to not be in control. But I, I, you know, I had a lot of fun through those times as well, but I didn't realize that there was the pain that I was masking that was creating those habits that I was involved in. So when I, you know, I left home at 14 And my wake-up call didn't come for another, what, 14 years, 13 Mm -hmm. years, 13 years. So the whole time that I set myself out at a young age was a whole lot of learning experience through different things that, um, you know, like I say, I had a really good time. But, uh, you know, I kind of got settled in a way from the time I was 15 years old, having my first house and being with a man and, you know, all that kind of thing, my first job things of that nature. So I had some sort of normalcy, uh, at that time, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't until, you know, the harmonic convergence, I got the wake up call. Um, and then, then it was just that there had been so much in my life that had been accumulated, um, that was painful that I just figured, well, Hey, if it's just going to continue being painful, then I just really don't want to be a part of it.
0: Hmm. Well, you actually got to the point where you were, where you asked yourself, what's the point? Yeah. You know, you know, what, what's the point of continuing to deal with this, continuing to fight this, uh, day in and day out? And then your aha moment was actually realizing that you don't have to fight it. You don't have to Just because wh- what you resist persists.
1: Well, there wasn't really a fighting of it because I didn't even know that it was there. My consciousness was so much in ignorance and darkness that I had no idea that it was even there. There was no pushing against it. It was a a realization. It was becoming part of it in order to protect myself. And so if you look at when I was like eight or nine, I stood in the field across the room. Now I'm dating myself, uh, covering myself consciously With armor of the words to Simon and Garfunkel's, I'm a rock, I'm an island, because a rock feels no pain and an island never cries. Now, I was tired of that at that point, if you want to talk about resistance, of having the crap knocked out of me as a kid and all these different things we experienced and all the pain and all the energy and all the emotions and stuff like that. So I decided I would just take this other part of myself and protect myself now instead of being on the other end of the sword. (laughs) <laughs> you know right. we're either on one or the other so we just kind of I made a switch there hmm. and so I became part of that world in order to protect myself
0: right and and over the course of your journey you had people that were in your life that uh, that showed you different ways of looking at things hmm. um, what are uh, what are a couple of those people? How did how did that that actually help? Because I know that you also you also help other people like through your website.
1: I do. Mm-hmm.
0: And what are some of the things that that you experienced that led you in this journey and your growth to the point where you can actually help other people?
1: Okay, so. Thank you for that. It was a pretty accelerated path. Uh, you know, everything kind of goes fast for me. My whole life's been fast, fast, fast. Um, and I kind of like it that way. But anyway, um, so when I got my wake up call and I made the decision, you know, I'm talking to God, right? Going, okay, well, it's got to change, or, you know, you can take me out. And, you know, everything just started to change from that. When I, as soon as I made the decision that I wanted to live in a different way, then everything started to open up. So I went to meditation. Uh, And then my whole life just absolutely changed in ways I couldn't imagine right on a dime. And so that uh, put me back in the Bay Area. And uh, so Marcy Calhoun, she's a real old time uh, renowned psychic in her day. She still has a couple of books out and God love her. She's amazing. She was one of the first teachers who, who showed me a lot about myself. She was the one that opened up my mind in her class to meditation uh, a wonderful woman named Frederica Ferris, uh, she was also um, a psychologist and a channel for a being named Sayaj, and she had done, done some Est work. And so she had created this program where, um, you know, when I went to see her, one of the first veils dropped in front of my eyes because I was making a, a mountain out of a mold hill and this one thing, and she was able to show me that it was me that it wasn't the other person. And it was just like an epiphany I had. So she was able to open up my mind in that. Um, Hypnotherapy helped. She was becoming a clinical hypnotherapist and I was the person she worked with. That helped me really come around to... unearthing more uh things within myself to love and uh it was just really great so i took a channeling course from her became a channel and taught channeling classes and channeling was really great but it, my life didn't reflect all of this intelligence that i knew you know i wasn't if there's a difference between being a mouthpiece for truth and actually living the truth that you speak of and so Uh, I had met another person who introduced me to the tools of using golden light. And when I got a reading from this person, uh, what they said to me, you know, the ego is in play, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was, I, I could, I, I couldn't make sense of what they were saying, but I could feel it so deeply. I knew I couldn't ignore it. And there's been nothing else in my life. I have felt that deeply that I could not ignore. And the beings that I was channeling at that time were were telling me they were governing my information because they wanted me to know that I was what I was seeking outside of myself. So in order to make that true for me, I did the work to find out if it was. And son of a gun, you know, it's funny how people don't take the time that it requires in order to see if what they're being told is actually truth. They'll agree with a lot of people. But, you know, so I took the tools head on and then realized, you know, learned about Golden Light and what it actually did in this dimension and how everything is really made of that vibration here. So it could be transformed back into the essence of itself. And I just started doing the inner work. And as you can see, you're just about in the chapter now. You're coming up to Angels and Demons. Oh, you're in Angels and Demons now. Yes. Where – you're going to see where that kind of all really took root and so it's really been through my own transformation that every class i have every course i teach every way i mentor people everyone's different so they get different things um but, you know, everything comes from my source. And as I evolve, so does the material. And so we're, we constantly are up with what's being asked uh, from us at the time. There's a lot of modalities that are in the process of evolving to be uh, able to be most useful at this particular time. So the work is, is all created through my own evolution.
0: Okay. So now now I've heard of white light and I've heard of lavender light and I've heard about uh, like shielding with a reflective, reflective ball around you. I have, I've never heard of golden light. What is that?
1: Okay. So golden light is in this dimension, the vibrational frequency of unconditional love. Now, some people call it Christ light. Some people call it Jesus. Some people call it whatever. But it is absolutely non-resistant and no judgment. All right? So, you know, there's a difference between <laughs> how, it's, how it's used and interpreted. Uh, white light in this dimension creates its polar opposite, which is darkness, and pushes against it. So you're constantly having to protect yourself from what's out there that you're judging as being evil. But what that does is it keeps it drawing. It keeps... Evil, what you perceive is drawn back to you because you're resisting it in this, in this dimension. What you resist will persist. And so you're calling it back to you in the way you think about what's happening. So golden light just is. Love doesn't care about what's going on in the world. Love just loves. And in that, it's enough to change the world. But people don't get that. They're, they don't understand that love is enough. and We're told that it's not just a song by the Beatles. It happens to be true. But people believe because of the way they've been taught to interpret love as something that is weak and something that means that you're vulnerable. And let's face it, when we're kids and we're this open, beautiful little beings we are taken advantage of, we're abused somehow, mentally, emotional, spiritual, physical by our environments, how we interpret what's going on around us. And so we... And that's how we identify with love first and foremost. And so anything that presents itself as love, lots of times people aren't, they don't even know what it is. So, you know, um, that doesn't mean, love truly means, or excuse me, vulnerability truly means that you are so powerfully the love that you are that nothing can hurt you. Hmm. And people equate vulnerability with being hurt and taken advantage of and abused because that's how they experienced it when they were small. But that's not what true vulnerability is. Love is fierce. (laughs) It has a presence, (laughs) let me tell you. And there's nothing meek about the Holy Spirit, which is the white light within it that drives love itself. In this dimension, white light is an aspect of the golden light. And in higher dimensions, golden light is an aspect of the white light. And so there are vibrational frequencies of light within, um, say, uh, I'll I'll give you an example. So when I transform houses, we just, you know, there's no clearing uh, dialogue that goes on. We don't speak the language of separation. We speak the language of wholeness. So so I never go into a house, into a job, believing there's something that needs to be taken care of or that's bad or evil or whatever. Um, a, A human, emotional energy is created in a house just like it is a human. Because the body is a house for the spirit. Mm-hmm. It's like a house is the body for that holds the family right but there's this emotional energy that keeps being thrown up into it all the time. So it creates these problems in the house and the other things happen. So um, love is the perspective that you go in this undivided in order to um, to achieve the result by simply being in the state of non-resistant.
0: okay. So how does this how does this apply to to houses? I I want to talk about that a little bit because that's another thing that you do. Yeah. And, okay, uh, so
1: I've had people work with me and they say, because I do train, I teach a six-month intensive course that is really great for people who want to learn about the arts and learn uh, about the language of love, not just know how to speak the words, but truly be that within themselves. So it's a really fun course. And so I had some people working with me and they were saying, hey, Siobhan, Why don't we just use the purple light of St. Germain and I'll send this whirling vortex and then it'll be done. Well, you, in this dimension, I only work with golden light and there are reasons for that because it's non-resistant. It doesn't go in saying we can just do this and it'll be done. See, we're not doing love. We're we're, we're holding love, we're being love, and in that everything comes to love but of its own free will. So even in the attempts to do something good, you're still doing love with something else which creates separation. So what we found was we were doing this property in Hawaii, and I said, just trust me on this. And I love these people dearly. And they, they, they really wanted to experience what I was saying. So we worked on this house where there had been so many things going on, and it murders and dogs and, I mean, just all this mess. And I said, just watch what happens. And so we're working on this house. And when I transform a property, we work on it for at least 90 days every day after the initial work has been done. And this is remotely or in person. And so after I go, if I am called to do a job physically then we work with it remotely after that for at least at least 90 days. And so I said, watch what happens because when you bring something to the level of love and it accepts it completely, what arises from within that love are these other aspects of love, which is this purple light and this pink light and all these other lights then show up because Golden light in this dimension was sent here through several masters in order to show us how to overcome the illusion of duality. Duality is the door, love is the key, and truth is the revelation. And so golden light is what transforms it. it. It just dissolves duality. And so then you can release you know, experienced a spirit that even gives love life. And so it's a dimensional difference. And so we worked on this property and we were all tuning in and, um, you know, here are these purple whorls of light and little pink things over in the corner, you know, were happening. It was quite beautiful. It's, you know, and so they saw that love is the, the thing that makes everything else possible all the other colors can, you know, can show themselves as being part of the experience after love has transformed the duality within it. So.
0: Okay. So what, what I don't understand is, is how do you go about loving a house? (laughs)
1: Well, let me tell you, I train people to do that. You, you know, everything is consciousness. Everything is love here. And if you're just experiencing this as a solid wall, that's all you're ever going to know it as. But in truth, this is light. This is made of the same stuff you are. The difference is you have to make it conscious in order to have the experience of this as consciousness. Okay. All right. So you spend, what you do is you see it as the light that it is, as the love that it is. You, well, I'm speaking of myself. I know myself to be consciousness. Therefore, from the consciousness that I am, I am in comunicado with my home. It is a living entity it's not just a wall. It's not just a floor. It's not just, it is really, it is real. It's the same with my car. I create this oneness with it by knowing it on the level of consciousness that it is. And when people begin to hear this and, and see their, you know, let these words seed their um, subconscious with it, if they ever want to learn how to come to this level of love all they have to do is learn a few tools and work with them enough until they have some experiences to where it happens it's like the gmo products and things like that the food now that's all light as well so we can't be harmed by anything this is how you beat the game of duality this is how you get out of the matrix you have to decode it Mm -hmm. and decoding it is bringing it back to the consciousness that it is and when you do that within yourself and you begin to relate to things quote outside of you as that consciousness you can eat that peach as the consciousness that's been GMO'd or whatever and it's not going to hurt you they they can they can do whatever they want to this planet they can do everything and as long as we're transforming everything here we're not going to be really affected to the same degree as people who continue to fight the machine
0: so what they're doing, by the, by them modifying it, they're changing the vibration of it. And before you allow it into your field, you're changing the vibration back to its perfect form.
1: You just see it for what it is. There's no changing it into anything. When you start relating to yourself as consciousness by making consciousness conscious within you, then you really get, not from a thinking place, but experience things to be consciousness as well. And so you just keep working at it in order to... Um, to, it's like a way you not prove it to yourself, but it does give you validation of it. So, so I really feel we have been so blessed for decades now, decades, uh, you know, with the information and the tools that we've had at our disposal to learn about, you know, the science of things and the um, metaphysics of things and use utilize the tools to see how they work um, within your experience and become part of your uh the framework of your reality and when that happens then it's a lot more fun to um experiment within Mm -hmm. your reality so
0: so give us uh what can we expect to see from your next book
1: all Uh, of the what we just talked about a lot that of that and more it talks about you know, what happens within the physical bodies as a result of transforming emotional energy. That's when you actually reclaim the light, not only of the soul, which is emotional energy, but you reclaim the light within the body as well. So you're, uh, that is really the organic way of um, keeping your vibration high. We, we tend to still most people um, do that from the outside in. And this is really about inside out work because inside creates the outside. So if you, Spend time transforming what's creating the problem externally, then you shift your whole reality as a result. And so, um, it, it's an in, it's an inside job. Everything is, and so that's how um, what the book is going to take you through. It, it describes what happens within the physical body and your experience of how things um, don't grab a hold of you. They like um, they used to, you can blow through things that come up realizing that any expression of a cold or even um, a flu or anything worse than that is simply something either um, leaving the body as a result of the emotional work you've done or giving you a clue as to where you require more love within the self. So I just look at it from an energetic standpoint and deal with it from an energetic standpoint and things go great.
0: So you had at a number of times in your life, you had health challenges that you were able to address simply by changing the energy of how you reacted to things that had occurred before. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Well, there's, there are things that we're, we certainly don't discourage anyone from, you know, a uh, supplement or working with someone who they believe that can help them. Um, you know, there are higher vibrational energies that if we're doing our part, they can absolutely assist us in our transformational process. And that's what we encourage as well. Um, well, there was a hole in my heart and that hasn't been there for a long time, but um, there was a, you know, an ulcer in the left side of my gut, and that was bitterness. And I worked on that simply from an energetic standpoint until that dissolved. Um, I even had uh, COVID this last year and decided not to, um, well, I didn't decide. It was just, I went into this auto mode and um, just laid there and let it take its course and saw my body as the light that it is. And, and uh, you know, talk to it from the consciousness that is thank you for my perfect health mm. and, so, and well, it that way. so you know it went in and out and it was like whatever
0: you had like chronic infections that were going on that yes, went to also that out.
1: too yeah um, kidney infections and bladder infections when i was a kid now the emotional environment that i was being raised in was so incredibly brutal for me that it literally manifested in my body as illness from very young. I didn't know how to process it. So it went right into my uh, physical body and then overcame itself for that. Now there have been energetic shifts that I go through that manifest in other ways. And it's usually, um, it just depends, you know? So I know how to deal with it because I'm very good now at knowing the triggers, but yeah. Um, so those were when I was a child. So I overcame that, uh, all my anxieties and things went away when I found cigarettes. And then when I gave up cigarettes and found that, you know, found meditation, gave up cigarettes, then it was just like this whole calming. I found another way to love myself, another way to soothe myself. So that went away. Um, Candida was systemic in my body. Uh, coning helped me initially on a physical level to remove a lot of the debris. Uh, it was incredible what came out of my body as a result of that. I was just wild. Um, but again, that helped me uh, open up my um, ability to download the Akashic records like nobody's business. It opened up my third eye. It was part of my, what was in the way of my um, gifts. And so Um, I just learned that my body has to be, um, I'm not at the point where I can give it anything to ingest. My body's pretty fickle in that way. So there's things that I, you know, I can have more now in my diet than I've ever have been, but it has to be in moderation. But there are things, uh, I work at on an emotional level and I can always tell when it's an emotional response you know, to something, to a stress, then I know how the triggers are and I can modify it and tweak it in the moment. I just find that child in me who is holding on to that stress or holding on to that deep level of fear and um, transform her and let her know that I'm there. And when you make it a point of working with golden light, which is unconditional love, and you bring it consciously through the body day after day after day after day, and then do the inner work to um, deal with these deeper emotions... That child in you, who is the embodiment of all negative emotion, it's always the child. It's never the adult that has a problem. It, the adult can be out here talking about things, but it's always in the child. The child begins to trust that that love is there, that it, it is there, and all it has to do is let you know, and, and, and you know so it's it's only reason we ever feel negative about anything is we feel we're disconnected from the love that we are.
0: Okay, so the you said uh, that childbirth <laughs> was um, was an experience. Oh my <laughs> God! Actually... Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> God could have done
1: a much better job at that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, God could have figured this. I figured out an easier way to do this, uh, but. Uh, what you got from it, your daughter, uh, she was really a pivotal point in your yes. life. Absolutely. Because, because you, you saw your own childhood kind of through her eyes and through the eyes of the new innocence. You didn't want her to ever have to deal with the things that you dealt with before.
1: No, she never did either. I was literally looking at myself we look quite a bit alike. And I mean, those eyes and everything, it was like, I never saw myself like that. I was never taught that I was precious or that I was worthy of love. Um, Uh. And so when I saw her, it was just amazing. She was absolutely sent to me, I believe, to help me
0: Mm -hmm. in
1: the healing process because I was able to see myself in her. And I had never seen myself like that until I had her. And even when she would hit like 14, that was the time that was the age I left home. And I'm Mm -hmm. looking at this child going, Oh, my God, I don't think I was ever a child. I don't think I was ever that innocent. You know, I was always raised to be more like an adult. I was just we learned a lot very quickly. And you know, I look back and I'm like, well, gee, thanks for the military training, because it sure has served me in life. You know, there's a lot of positive things we get out of negative experiences. It prepares us for the work we are to do in the world. And so she's been a big, she was a big part of my healing initially. And she's been, was an absolute joy to raise. Just so much fun.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, you're, um, you have, uh dispersed throughout your book. Um great great uh quotes. Just amazing quotes. Thank you. Like uh from and but some of the best ones are actually your quotes. Like the yep. most valuable soil is derived from the richest of compost and the process of turning rotting garbage into gold requires the courage to pick up a shovel with the strength and stomach to turn it over again and again. Yep. I, that's a great quote thank you <laughs> that that's that's uh, easily equal to if you want to know the secrets of the universe think of it as energy frequency and vibration that was nikola tesla
1: i'm a total genius i'll give you that and genius comes <laughs> from ge- genius comes from within you and when you're tapping that through your process whatever it is you know, this is where these original uh, systems and these original quotes come from. It comes from how you're perceiving your own experience. And, you know, people find that um, they don't find that really uh, exciting. You know, uh, it does require that you face yourself. And as you can see, uh, well, as you're getting into the angels and demons chapter, there was a lot of darkness within myself I had to face. So I've been the best of the worst in this life or not in this life, but in in Subsequent lives in the past, which are now. People don't realize that ghosts and everything are just emotional energy. People are fascinated with spirits, but spirits are high vibration and souls are the lower vibration that hang out here that people want to call ghosts. The lower of the soul is what stays here when you die. And your negative emotional energy that stays here on this plane is what you tend to catch up with when you come back into form again.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well.
1: Then you have these experiences and they're related to what people want to call a past life but actually you're just catching up with parts of your soul you've left here before and having these experiences.
0: Well, yeah, it's like most of the uh like I'm hooked on ghost stories. Okay, like a lot of people are. And, and <clears throat> a lot of the entities that they encounter are the lower vibrations of the events that occurred around that person's life like uh you know somebody um dies too quickly or or prematurely through it's emotional like,
1: energy right
0: it's emotional energy and that leaves an imprint yes on that space mm-hmm. and it's that imprint that people are starting to see because I believe that the veil between the physical and the spiritual is kind of dissolving. And we're seeing more of it.
1: Look out. Yeah. But the thing about this work is it isn't glamorous, Paul. People think it's really glamorous to be out there. I'm like, you have no clue. So people are fascinated with these things and what they do is they're becoming part of the problem by not realizing that when you're watching these shows and, you know, people binge watch these things Uh and that vibrational frequency dumps into your living room. Mm-hmm. It's part of who you are because you're watching it to begin with. Now, there's a, there's a certain point you go, well, that was something. And just, you know, just so you know what's out there, people seriously take this stuff and then they create. um experiences in hotels Well, in hotel 606 this person got murdered and we're just you can come you can come stay in this room Mm -hmm. that infuriates me people are buying properties now right and left and what they're doing is buying them purposefully to keep those uh energy portals open for this energy to stay there so they're keeping it alive rather than transforming it which is becoming more part of the problem
0: they're buying the properties just to turn them into a ghost tour attraction.
1: It it really, yeah. I've I've written a letter to Zach Baggins. That's for darn sure.
0: Oh, really? Oh, yeah.
1: I would really like to think that I was part of the reason he didn't put up that, you know, he didn't stay in the Manson murder house and put it up as an amusement attraction. I wrote him a scathing letter about that. He really, really is a bigger soul. He could be doing a lot better things in the world than um, than he is that, you know, there's people with skills that, that they're in it all for the money. So, you know, good for you. You've had a show. And I mean, when it first came out so many years ago, I thought, well, what's up with that? And then I thought, well, wait a second, Siobhan, hold on. They're, they're taking something now. This was back in the 14 years ago when they started all this stuff. I, I said, well, they're actually, making the average person aware of something that is that they would otherwise continue to be ignoring. But what happened was as it continued on and the shows became bigger and they went to these hotter spots, people of course have this morbid fascination about, uh, you know, energy in the world. And then they go to a class and they, you know, they're called themselves a shaman or they, you know, have a few skills and people are only opening up, but they really aren't responsible with what they have. And so, <sighs> All you can mm-hmm. do is just keep loving, and and you know when you transform illusion in this world or duality, uh, the point is that we can create love to be the tipping point. You know there has to be love that create that is more than the um, duality that people are so locked into here, and so when there is enough people that come to love and realize it's all energy and we have power to overcome what they fight within ourselves. And then it, you know, we can really get to that tipping point much, much faster.
0: Okay. What can people expect from your book, from your first book and from your second
1: book? Okay. So my first book, um, absence of evil, just really was my process of waking up and discovering that there wasn't anything that, uh, in my reality or within my emotional body that I couldn't face with love and have it transform in its presence. Now, granted, some of these things take longer than others. And the reason is because um, it is such deep levels of self-loathing and unworthiness that whatever appears to bear its teeth and, and show itself in these ways, is, it's just another way for you to, it wants you to tell it because that's the game. Tell me that I'm evil, please, and we're still in the game. That's how it gets you. It gets you through fear. It gets you through your resistance to it. But when you look at it and say you're love and I'm love and we're love, it'll just stand there and go, well, I'll have to think of something else. You know, it wants you to reinforce its feelings of itself. And so within my own soul history, as you're getting ready to find out reading that book, you'll see these parts I played in England. I have had an issue with the Catholic Church this life, and I'll admit I still have some things going on with it because I know that I helped write the book that's been in play for so long now. So it's not that I feel guilty about it. I have the power to help it all <laughs> transform. You know, mm-hmm. I have written the Pope and I've sent him a copy of my book and I said, hey, you know, I'll come to Rome tomorrow. I'm not afraid of those boys. Anyway, you know, so, yeah. So when you have, when you know where you've been and you know what you've done and you face faced those parts of yourself and forgiven yourself and taken the power back that you had and the ways that you've misused it, then you have the power within the light to use it,
0: and it not only affects you, but it affects the people around you and how you interact with those people.
1: Absolutely,
0: and you you completely let the evil air out of the balloon for your like what, for at least one mother in law. You I got to that. the point. What you share in the book is that you got you thought she was the evil incarnate. Okay, but when you got to the point in the in throughout the book and and through your own growth and your own advancement that you realized that that was just an, that was just a vibration, it was just an energy that you could choose to recognize or you could rise above and then lo and behold, the evil. The, the evil mother-in-law went away. I mean, and, and What then... she
1: showed me was, if you look at the, what, what I was doing in my dream journals that are throughout the book, I, had, I was dreaming very heavily in those days, which was really a relief because it showed through my subconscious what I was also working out on other levels in regard to the same issues. She, there, there's a lot I didn't put in the book, and, but she was a gift in the way that she showed me what was inside of me. What what the, where the evil was within myself from these past lives that are alive here today. So she gave me an insight in what part of myself I had to go down and find and love and transform and so
0: take she my was, power back
1: from.
0: So she was kind of a, uh, a mirror mirroring back. A
1: mirror. Yes, it's always a mirror.
0: So she was mirroring back to you the vibration that you didn't know that you were emanating.
1: Well, it's a vibration that I didn't know I was holding and I had been emanating for years. Like I say, when I was in my dark part of my life, um, I, you know, I made a decision at eight or nine years old. I was not I was going to take it with everything I had and run with it. And I did. So okay. there was a part of me that did that to protect myself, which is why people do these things. They're afraid. There's fear at the bottom of all of it. They're afraid they're not worthy of love. They certainly run people off, which reinforce their own loathing feelings of themselves. And so the only way to overcome these things is through being loved and being it consistently until it either transforms right in, you know, out of, well, it will transform within you, but it will also uh, have a choice to go somewhere else. And you'll know what I mean by that when you hit the last chapter. (laughs) (laughs) and you'll You'll see there's, A whole lot of uh, examples of jobs that I've been on. And some spirit has literally dropped me into without my knowing that's what I was actually there for.
0: Right. Well, I know that you suggested that I skip ahead to the 10th chapter. (laughs) So I... But I hate doing that because it's like reading the last page of a mystery novel. You know, <laughs> I was enjoying the rest of the book so much okay. I didn't want to rack it. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> Go okay ahead. now. I'm now I'm on chapter six. What do I want to do? Jump to ten? Then there's no reason to read seven, eight, and nine, really. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's a good. It's a good read, though, isn't it? And thank you for that. That's really kind. Um, But so my book takes me, you know, my awakening process, what I first got into in terms of spirituality, how I learned the difference between white light and gold light in this dimension. So it briefly takes you through my process of waking up to these parts of myself through the reflections of others that I learned to transform within my emotional body. Um, And then, you know, it takes you all the way, uh, all the way to Boston, uh, Mm -hmm. the very last chapter Um, It's all part of more of a learning curve. And so this next book uh, that I'm in the process of writing is much more detailed in terms of the uh, metaphysics and the processes and how they have evolved. In the first book, you'll see that I basically use this meditation, this light and this process. But like I say, from... The time I was working with those tools, they've evolved so much to now that it's nothing like it's ever been before. So it's much easier now. And I tell people, look, it's never going to take you more than half your life, like it has me, to get where I am now. Consciousness is, like you say, the veils are getting so thin. There's so much more available to us. I mean, we can just make a decision that we want to do this, and so much more of it can transform at a time. It's just time for us to lighten up and. Keep evolving at an unprecedented rate, I might add. So, we really have everything we need to move forward. So, it's more of the science of it, which will be great, and an explanation so people can really look more about what duality is. When you know, people can agree with you, it's a construct, and duality, but the duality is generated from within you. We're taught to see things that way, and and we're taught to feel things that way by putting them in positive and negative piles.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, so where can people go to to get a copy of your book
1: um, you can go to my website com, and i can send you a signed copy um, you can go to amazon as well i'm on amazon and that's also available in an e- well i have both on my website and get an ebook as well so you can get it on my website or at amazon
0: okay and you also have a facebook group
1: I do. My Facebook, uh, what emerged within me, okay, here's an example. Working with the golden light helped me merge with uh, the spirit that gives the even love life in this dimension. And for me, uh, Archangel Michael had taken a sword in meditation, and I I never even knew this was a thing until many years later, and I watched the movie Gladiator, and I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) When they give you a soldier's death, I'm like, yeah, that's me. So anyway, um, I was just sitting meditating, and he drove the sword completely down from the back of my neck and told me I was to become the sword itself. And so my Facebook page is Siobhan Nicolau, the sword of truth. That's really, you know, the truth I've arrived at through all of this inner work that just keeps me evolving into more and more truth. Yeah. Right. So Siobhan Nicolau, the sword of truth is my um, Facebook page. Cool.
0: Okay, well, thank you so much for being with me. I cannot wait to finish the book. Thank and you. I also cannot wait to have you come back and talk about the next book. when <laughs> <I'm glad laughs> When I'm that, that one's do done. And uh, I, the uh, contact information, the website, uh, your email address, the title of the book, all running uh, along the bottom of the page on the banner. Uh, this is Global Voice Network. I am Paul. Thank you, Shaban, for being Thank with you. me today, and I do so appreciate. Uh, I do so appreciate your book. I can't wait to finish it. So, and uh, I'll probably be doing that today. <laughs> <For sure>. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I kind of, you know, when I find something that I actually want to read, I kind of binge read it. You know, kind of like I yeah. binge watch. So. Thank you so much for being with me, and thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Logical Thinking. Thank you. And uh, Take care. We'll see you next time.
1: All right.